Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Gird your loins. It's time to go on vacay. Hey guys, welcome back to Vacay. I'm your host, Lisa Hamilton. This week's guest is a fourth generation prospector and the star of Discovery Channel's shows Gold Rush Parker's Trail and also Aussie Gold Hunters. It is Tyler Marnie. She is without a doubt one of the most interesting people that I have ever interviewed. I can safely say that I've never interviewed a prospector, let alone a fierce female prospector who is breaking down all sorts of gender barriers. One of the big takeaways from this chat is, I think I forget how freaking huge Australia is and how many different walks of life there are. There are clearly people on the other side of the country in Western Australia, in Kalgoorlie, who every day their livelihood is going out into the bush and prospecting for gold. And I find that so fascinating. And Tyler was very gracious in in sort of slowly explaining to me what prospecting is and, and what goes into it. I learned so much about Western Australia, traveling Australia at large, and the tourism industry that is behind prospecting for gold, opals, and the many beautiful places that you can travel around Australia to, you know, have a go at striking gold, as they say. Anyway, I hope you find this chat as interesting as I did. So enjoy. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, it's a pleasure to see you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to talking to you. I've got to, I've got to kick it off today by telling a funny story to the audience. I was speaking to your manager about setting up a time to speak with you and she said very sincerely I'm so sorry she's out bush we'll just have to wait until she's back from out bush to double check the schedule and I just thought that's that's the most Australian thing I think I've ever heard. Like, what was what were you doing out bush? <laughs> That's so funny. It's so funny to hear it from someone else's perspective because I say it all the time just like it's, you know, second nature. Like my friends will ring me and I'll be like, oh, babe, I'm out bush. I'll be back soon. But to hear it from someone's perspective who just has no idea, it's so funny. So I work out bush and um, we just have like a tenement outside of Kalgoorlie where I'm from and... That's just how I refer going to work, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's just, that's like as if people say, I'm just going into the city, just going yeah. into the office. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So for, for laymans out there, and I'm, I'm just asking for a friend, could you explain to me what it is that you do for work and, and explain to the audience what you do for work? Because I find it so interesting, but it confuses me and, I, and I, <laughs> I've got a lot of questions, so... So go slow. (laughs) No, I I love that because it's for me, it's so mundane because I've just grown up doing it. So to speak to someone who finds it interesting gets me excited. Um, Basically, I am a gold prospector. So I'm a fourth generation, which um, 
it's just run in my family. I've done it since I was a little girl. Basically, we just go out bush and we find gold. That's the simplest way of putting it. But I'm a full-time gold prospector, so my weeks um, look different every week. But basically, I could be in the loader or I could be feeding a dry blower or I could be sampling dirt using a metal detector. Um, I could be doing some research to um, find new potential leases to go and have a look at. So there's a wide range of things we do, but very simply put, it's finding gold. What comes to mind when I think of, I mean, I don't even think I knew that it was called a a prospect. I just thought it was like, I don't want to say gold digger because that means something else. But I think from when I was little and reading in textbooks at school, like, of course, we know about the gold rush. I think of men in in overalls and beards and I mean I never want to you know judge a book by its cover but you're this beautiful young woman and you're out there (laughs) sifting for gold you don't fit the profile but I kind of love that no that's so true I I am not the norm whatsoever I've grown up amongst yeah old men with long beards and a pick over their shoulder (laughs) um it's actually like super rare to have a female full-time prospector it's definitely a man's world Uh, my mum And I know a couple of others, Uh, but yeah, it's very rare, but I love that. I like doing something that's a little bit different. And like I said, it's just what I've grown up doing. So it just second nature to me, but um, yeah, I love my job. It is so much fun. I know it doesn't sound like a lot of fun. Like we're out in the heat and the flies and all the other creepy crawlies out there, but I really do enjoy it. No, I love that for you. Just flying the flag for female prospectors. Just get out there, do you? Yes. I do. I do commend you for following in the footsteps of you know you said your fourth generation because I can I can relate to that to a certain extent because I grew up on a beef cattle farm so my dad was a farmer his father was a farmer and his father was a farmer and unfortunately or I don't know if unfortunately (laughs) is the right word but my dad had three daughters (laughs) and not one of us had any interest <laughs> in following in the footsteps of being um, a beef cattle farmer. I became a TV presenter, so I was like a full, <laughs> a full sharp turn. One eighty but, out of there. Yeah. Did you always just know that this is what you wanted to do? Was there any point where you were like, yeah, this is, isn't for me. I'm going to go do something else. Were you just like, no, nope, I love it. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. No, definitely not. I, um, God, no, I wanted to be, I always knew I wanted to be a business owner from an early age, as long as I can remember. And then I wanted to do acting and this and that. And then when I was 19, I cracked the shits completely with the red dirt and Kalgoorlie (laughs) and gold and all of it. And I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I hate it. I'm moving to Melbourne. So me and my boyfriend within the week packed up everything and moved across the country. And I lived there for a couple of years. I was doing events management, did a bit of modeling, ran my own jewelry business. So like the same as you, the complete opposite is what I've like grown up doing. And um, it was like a couple of years into our Melbourne journey. And I actually got um, pulled back home to do a TV show. And when I was doing it, I was like, oh my God, I actually like really miss this. And I actually love being out in the bush with my family. And I just decided I'm done with Melbourne and I moved back home. And then I've been back full-time prospecting. Yeah. So I definitely didn't know from a young age. I used to like hate going out bush when I was younger. It was like a love-hate love, love hate relationship because like all my friends would be going to 
Bali on their school holidays and like to the coast and I would be going out to a bloody station in the middle of the <laughs> desert. I used to be like, what is, why did I get the short end of the stick with this? But, um, so yeah, I kind of got a little bit of resentment to it in my teenage years, but yeah, right. it was, um, I left and came back and I'm glad I did. If Discovery Channel wants to offer me a show to go back full time um, raising beef cattle, I'd be well up for it. Yeah, just, see, just if the if they're listening, so just putting it out, just manifest Discovery Channel. Up. Yeah, I love so, that. Could you explain what a typical day is for you? Because um, I've been over to Western Australia and I've, I grew up on the Gold Coast and Western Australia just feels like another world. I know that sounds really crazy to say, but can you describe what a, what a typical day is for you going, going out bush and what kinds of things do you see when you go out bush? It's funny you say it's like a different world. Did you just go to Perth or did you do any of the the coast up or down? So I went to Broome um, and like Cable Beach and we, and I mind you, this was a good, uh, I would say 15 years ago, like with going camping with my family. So I was lucky that they, they took me traveling around, but uh, yeah, I I just, I distinctly remember um, going along Cable Beach and just seeing all these old people just completely nude. And I was just like, yeah, right on, Western Australians getting Mm. kin off. No, but I mean, yeah, it's just, there's so many remote parts of Western Australia. It's, it's beautiful, but just so different to what I grew up with. Yeah, definitely. It is so remote. And so then if you had come inland, to, cause I live inland, I'm about 600 Ks east ish from Perth. It's a whole different world all again. Like Kalgoorlie, I would describe is a bit like those wild West films, you know, that you see yeah. like. Quentin Tarantino, yeah. whatever his name is. It's kind of like those vibes. <laughs> um, it was a very interesting place to grow up. Um, but my week looks so different every week. So I also run my own prospecting business where I teach other people how to become a gold prospector. So I have office days for that. And then I have my podcast. I have office days for that. And then when I am out bush, um, it yeah, it's so different every day. Like I could be in the loader. So we do scrape and detect. So basically people won't be able to see my hand movements right now, but we scrape back <laughs> the dirt and then get so we've out. Got a, we've got a swishing mo- motion. Yes, thank up you. And down. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that was a really good exp- explanation. And then I get my metal detector and uh, I'm assuming a lot of people know what a metal detector is, but basically it's like this stick thing with a coil and it picks up metal. So obviously gold's a metal. And then we walk up and down the scrapes and we find gold. Um, and then basically we just follow the gold left, right, up and down and below so when the gold stops, we stop in that direction and we go in the other direction. It's um, it's something called loaming. So if anyone at home is listening, Google loaming. We kind of loam with our loader. Um, it'll make more sense when you Google loaming. <laughs> then, you'll, you, then you'll get my hand movements. Um, we also have a dry blower because I'm in the desert. We don't have any water, so we can't run wet plants. Um, so, yeah, we use our dry blower. And then there's a lot of like that goes into the back end and researching new ground. And so like a gold prospector, is someone that can read the ground to follow the gold. And then once they've found the gold, they know the best way to get it out. So yeah, it's, it's hard to describe one week because every week looks so different. Right. And once you've been loaming in a particular spot, is that just done? You'd never go back to that spot or does the, the ground turn over and, and it might be viable again? Does it sort of ebb and flow that way? Or is it just like, no, I've, I've found a nugget there. I'm out. Um, so what, what we do and where we are, it's pretty much once we've 
like mind a spot we're done because we know we're going to do it properly and we don't leave like any bit of gold behind because we're using machinery Love that (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) we're using machinery so we can guarantee that we're getting as deep as we can and getting all of it out but if you lived in somewhere like uh, far north Queensland like up in the Palmer River or if you lived in the Kimberley where they have massive wet seasons um, you can have the circumstances where when a wet season comes through, it'll um, obviously move all the dirt and push new dirt through. So you could go back through with your metal detector, but that just doesn't happen where we are. We don't get rain, really, so we can't do that. What are the sizes of the the gold that you get? Is it Do you get just actually like huge basketball size ones or does that just not exist? Is that just in the movies? <laughs> I wish we got a basketball size nugget. Gold is a lot heavier than like you would anticipate it. So if I showed you like a 50 cent coin size nugget that could be like a 40 50 gram nugget which would be a couple of just like an ounce and a half and it's two and a half grand an ounce so gold is I feel like people who haven't been around gold nuggets are actually quite always surprised by what it looks like compared to what it's worth but um we're in like nugget country so we get a lot of nuggets so like last week we found an 18 grammar and my last big one was a 50 grammer and then we find like 11 ounces on a good run or a seven ounce but most of ours like on the day today when we go out we'd find between one and ten grammars that'd be like our standards and sorry I, I just feel I've just I find this so interesting <laughs> is there and I'm already building like a Netflix series in my head but surely with that kind of money in the ground there's like there's an un, there's got to be an underbelly is there like a dark side to prospecting there's some bad people out there and I don't want you to get in trouble <laughs> <laughs> without um incriminating myself um yeah. yes definitely I don't think people realize like the gold game is literally insane it is a world of like lying and cheating got there's a thing called gold fever and when someone has gold, this is going to sound made up, but when someone has gold fever, they literally go insane. I'm not even kidding you. You can't trust them. They still, it's like being on meth, like gold fever and meth. I would like, very similar. Oh my God. And so, so no, like, it's like it's, an effect of the gold. Yeah. Because people get so like addicted to it and the money that it brings that they just do crazy things. So we only work with our family. We'd, we wouldn't work with anyone else just because. You can't trust anyone in the gold game. Like I learned from a young age that you just do not trust anyone. Like we know some crazy prospectors and they all have crazy stories like ex-crims and things they've seen and things they've done. It's, it is like an underbelly, the world of gold. I've got to come there. Yes, come on over. Okay, so truly though, if, if I were to come over to Kalgoorlie and, you know, anyone, is there – a tourism for prospecting can you go out on tours and and do prospecting of your own is that a thing that could happen I would say before all the gold shows became popular there definitely wasn't but now because of these gold shows there is a few like tour companies so they'll take you out um pirates gold prospecting is a good one for anyone listening they will take you out yep you're welcome, Greg. <laughs> um, they'll take you out and show you what to do. But obviously, like, we're in a gold town, so there's metal detecting shops and gold buying shops, and it's a bit just like a part of our way of life here. So if someone did want to come over, it's easy enough-ish to be able to get into it. I imagine there'd be some very interesting people that, that come on in and try their hand at, at striking big, right? 
Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Even since, like, these gold shows started, like, internationally, we get a lot of international people coming over and it's crazy things. Like, I've sold my house and sold my business to move everything over to find gold and I just go, oh, my God, like, don't. Like, it's something that is very hard to make full-time of. There are so many hobbyist prospectors, but to make a full-time living out of it, you have to have years and years of experience. You have to have money behind you. It has to be not something that you just like sell your bakery and then pick up doing. Like it's hard. It's hard work. Totally. Yeah. It sounds like before you even go out there, you do so much um, research and I guess digging into literally nice. digging into the, the hot spots yeah exactly um, yeah I, i'm just i just have an image in my head of of the pe- kind of people that would just oh yeah on into town. <laughs> yeah yes. without offending anyone i'm not going to put a description to that image that i have in my head. I, I bet it'll be the same image i bet you it's true i bet you what you're thinking is exactly what it is we'll, we'll chat offline and see yes it, it <laughs> done so i have this um, I have this hilarious picture of myself and my family and I'll definitely get it and, and post it on, on the socials. But I think I was, I think I was four and my mum's given me a horrific haircut, like a full chopped the, the fringe. Don't Amazing. know why mums do that. And I, I've got to ask my mum where it was, but it was one of those setups where you could take like an old timey photo and the full, the full dresses. And it was, uh, the context was, it was like gold rush era. And I, there I am sitting at the front with my little pan (laughs) and the the faux gold nugget there. And I just, I, I saw it the other day and I forget like how, how much of, of, the gold rush was like this huge part of Australian history. Like gotcha. I, just, I truly forget about that. Like you learn about it a little bit in school, but I don't know. I don't even know what my question is. I just find it so wild that that's part of our, our history. No, it's so true. Like literally all the big settlements around Australia were like built on the gold rush. Like Kalgoorlie wouldn't be here if it wasn't for gold, hands down. Even a lot of places in Queensland, Victoria, there's so much gold history in like, well, like especially like white history for Australia that people just don't know about it because you don't really like learn about it and it's not really like talked about how much a big impact it had on uh, yeah on history yeah completely and I think we've seen over the past year when it has been safe to travel uh, a huge uptake at, at the very least from from young people doing um adapting to a bit of a nomad lifestyle and I I love that they're getting out and seeing a bit more of Australia when they probably otherwise wouldn't have. They would have gone to Bali or gone to, you know, wherever else. So do you think that's that's kind of a, a bit of an uptick from this whole COVID situation? Australians are getting out there and, and seeing parts of Australia like Kalgoorlie and, and maybe other mining towns and learning, you know, because this is just so interesting to me that there's this is what you do for a crust. No, I totally agree. I think it's so great for obviously COVID brought a whole world of pain, but one good thing to come out of it is um, Australians actually visiting Australia. I'm the biggest like Australian ambassador, Australia, Tourism Australia, if you are listening, I need a commission because I tell everyone they need to go out and get out to their backyard. And even my friends who would normally do like the, I don't know if this is like similar in Sydney and Queensland, but a big thing for us is a Bali trip. 
us West, yeah. West Aussies because it's so close. So normally my friends would do like a West Aussie trip in the summer, but everyone's like canned that and they've done Broome or they've done Esperance or they've done like Margaret River. So I'm sure tourism would be loving it, but it's also just like so cool to explore Australia because we are so lucky. We have the most beautiful backyard. Completely. And I just, I, like I said before, I was really lucky when I was younger. My parents took me out of school for six months when I was in year three and we did a big round Australia trip and at the time I resented it so much all I wanted to do was be on the Gold Coast like you know hanging out with my friends going to school and now I look back and I just think gosh I'm so lucky that they took the time to do that because so many of my friends haven't been outside of I guess the major cities Mm -hmm. on the just on the eastern side of Australia and if there's one thing yeah this whole thing has taught me it's just I want to encourage people to get out there and and see more of Australia because it's so incredible yeah definitely and then everywhere you go is so different like you can drive three hours from Perth in one direction and it be completely different and then back three hours in the other direction from Perth and it's a different world altogether like it's so diverse. It's yes, we're very lucky to live in a beautiful country like this. Yeah. Mm. Um. Sorry, that was a, a weird tangent that I just went on. I love it though. I'm so patriotic. I was. I love that we're both like trying to hunt down a bit of business, like um, tourism Australia. Yeah. Please, please. Discovery Channel. Us. Anyone oh. listening? <laughs> so I kind of touched on this before about, I guess, prospecting and tourism, and you said that. Um, to a certain extent now that it's becoming super popular in yeah, pop culture, TV and things like that. Are there any other places in Australia that you could recommend if people are kind of a little bit interested in doing prospecting, whether it be gold or opals or, or anything? Are there some great places that you could recommend? Definitely. My top two off the top of my head would be the Palmer River up in far north Queensland. I like fell in love with that place. I could easily turn into Queensland if I lived there. But I would start in like Cairns. I don't know if you've been to Cairns, but I really like Cairns. I had so much fun there. And then, yeah, you go inwards to the Palm River and there's so much gold there. Um, it's a little bit harder there to get access. But, yeah, if you, if you do your research, you can find some ground that you're allowed to access. And it's good fun even just to take your pan if you can't afford a metal detector. Um, yeah, there's a lot of river gold there. Stick to the rivers if you're in Palmer River. That's a little tip. And it's so beautiful. And there's so much history there as well. There's um, a cave in the Palmer River. And I can't remember the name of it, but I'm, so, I'm sure you could Google it. And it's this huge cave on the side of this massive gorge that's filled with Indigenous artwork. And it dates back to like 20,000 years old, some of the artwork. Wow. It's insane. And you can see it kind of go through the times. Some of the older stuff is only a couple the newer stuff is only like a couple hundred years old then it goes back to yeah tens of thousands of years old and it's so beautiful and just on top of it is a little lodge and there's an indigenous man there who runs this business and does tours so I would definitely recommend that I can't remember the name but I will get the name and I'll get back to you we can post about it um but then uh, my other place would be the Kimberleys up in western Australia that is one of the most beautiful places I've ever been um even like Karajini National Park and some beautiful watering holes and Kununara is really nice. Halls Creek has a lot of history. But yeah, that'd be my two recommendations for gold and sightseeing. Yeah. Okay, so everyone get out there and, and strike it big. Yes. So my golden ticket question I ask all of my guests on vacay. 
put you on the spot because I want oh. want it to be a, a truly like just whatever comes out of your mouth. Uh, if COVID wasn't a thing, money wasn't an issue, you didn't have to worry about work, where would you fly tomorrow anywhere in the world? Oh my God, I love that question. See, half of me wants to kind of say somewhere in Australia now because I've just talked Australia up, but I'm not going to. I'm going (laughs) to say I really, really, really want to go skiing in like Switzerland or Sweden, somewhere in Europe. nice. Because I've just lived the Australian summer and I'm sick of the heat and the flies right now. So I think I'd go skiing in the Alps somewhere with lots of alcohol and friends and party and fun. Yeah. Get on that apres, yes. get the fondue, yes. we'll take all of that. Thank you. Yes, right. thank I, you. I feel like this this question always gets people so excited and worked up and I wish I could just um, give, them, give them the actual golden ticket <laughs> know, and then I'm people excited. crash back down to earth and they're like, oh, wait, I can't go anywhere. I'm just going to look out my window now and see red dirt and it's like 35 degrees, so thank you for that. <laughs> just visualise, visualise that the red dirt is some snow. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to try and manifest this, don't worry. <laughs> to end on, I want to give you a little minute to... Uh, promote any projects that you're working on uh, what's your handle where can people find you and I know you've got a podcast so tell tell the people all about your your awesome projects oh thank you um yes I do have a podcast it's called let's unpack that so we talk about mental health and life stuff um which has been my latest baby and I'm really enjoying it and then you can find me on instagram at let's unpack that or tyler underscore m underscore marnie or the Prospectors Club is my other Instagram. I've got three. If you want to learn more about gold prospecting, head to the Prospectors Club. I post lots of tips and tricks there. Amazing. Well, it has been so interesting talking to you. I feel like I have uh, like a thousand and one additional questions um, that, <laughs> that probably don't fit into a, a vacay titled podcast. But hopefully we can do this um, again soon because I just, yeah, I find what you do so interesting and it's been such a pleasure talking to you. Oh, thank you. I enjoyed that so much. But yes, we'll have to catch up again and we can talk about gold. <laughs> when, it, when it's safe to do so, I'll come over there and you can help me find your nugget. I would love that. Done. Lock it in. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you so much, Tyler. Thank you.